Hello, I'm Rachel McTavish and welcome to episode one of our new feature, AC Life, the podcast, where we'll be talking about lots of different topics that affect you. And our first edition today is Let's Talk Menopause. Now, the menopause is often considered a taboo subject to talk about, especially in the workplace. It can also be a very confusing time. For those experiencing symptoms, it can be a difficult and stressful period everyone will experience the menopause differently and for some symptoms can be quite severe affecting people both physically and mentally however it's important to recognize that the menopause is also a natural stage of life that affects around half of the population this can include women trans people and intersex people as well. Managing the effects of the menopause at work is important for both employers and their staff. There are over 4 million women in the UK aged 45 to 55 in work and it's the fastest growing workplace demographic. It's also important for men as well to have an awareness of the effect of the menopause so that they can support their colleagues, partners and family members. According to a recent survey, six in 10 menopausal women say their symptoms have had a negative impact on them at work. And 72% of women surveyed felt unsupported at work, with nine out of 10 feeling unable to talk to their line manager about what they were going through. So this is the topic we're going to tackle today. And I'm delighted to be joined by our wonderful panel of guests. We've got Emma Smith, Inclusion and Wellbeing Manager at Vanessa Paul. Susan Mee, National Account Manager at Arnold Clark Car and Van Rental, and Kirsty Wilson, Health and Fitness Coach at the Midlife Transformer. Thank you all very much for joining us today. Kirsty, if I can start off with you. We've just heard over half the country's population go through it, but many of us know so little about it until we suddenly start experiencing symptoms. So let's start off with a few of the basics. Can you explain what the menopause and perimenopause are? Of course. If we can start looking at when women's bodies start to change, it's actually a lot earlier than we think. So from 35, our estrogen is starting to decline. Mm -hmm. By 51, that's the average age that women go through the full menopause, and I'll go to explain what that is. But that these changes can start happening from as early as 10 years before that. So if you go through the menopause at 51, from 41, you could start getting symptoms of perimenopause. For some women, it can be younger, and for some, there's older. So like anything in, in life, there's the difference between individuals. However, as the estrogen starts to decline, women can start with very simple changes, like their menstrual cycle may be a day earlier, a day later. They may not even notice it at first. So the perimenopause is actually the time where women can get a barrage of symptoms and they don't put it down to the menopause. And menopause actually means the one day where a woman's, woman's periods actually come to an end. So it actually is the one day, everything leading up to that. So this very difficult time where hormones are fluctuating up and down and a lot of the symptoms happen is actually known as the perimenopause. The menopause is that once you've not had a period for 12 months and everything on from that would be the post-menopause. So actually, women from 40 and possibly younger are actually going through a menopausal stage of life from then till the day they die. So you talk about the symptoms and I know everybody's got different, we'll be hearing um, Susan's experiences in a minute, but the symptoms, it's, it's just this weird and wonderful 
checklist, a yeah. myriad of things that you don't actually put down to, oh, that might be no. perimenopause. Run us through a few of them. Yeah. The oestrogen, progesterone, testosterone, the three sex hormones that are reducing. There's lots of hormonal impact at this time in a lady's life, but these hormones are particularly um, spoken about. Oestrogen is a huge one in a woman's life and it controls so much of what happens in the body. Every single cell in the body responds to oestrogen, so when this starts to drop, it means that every part of a woman's body is affected. We are all familiar with the kind of common ones, like our hot flushes, our night sweats. However, because it does affect every part of the body, there's a lot of mental health symptoms, low moods, irritability, anxiety, depression, brain fog, I started experiencing at least a couple of years ago where you just lose words mid-sentence which is obviously you know difficult when it comes to mm -hmm. the workplace and we have everything from effects to drying of our hair, drying of our skin, um, effects on our gut, our gastrointestinal system so if you're someone who's suffered maybe with IBS before that can be exacerbated at this time. There's lots of genitourinary symptoms as well. There's really not a part of the body that's not affected. And women can be very guilty, particularly when it comes to the effects in the brain, the moods, the anxiety, irritability. irritability. We put it down to general life. We're busy. Mm -hmm. We've got kids. We're maybe looking after our older parents. We're maybe, as you see, the pinnacle of our career. And we put it down to stresses, feeling tired. And actually, there could be a whole lot more going on there. Well, we'll come back to how we deal with a lot of these symptoms okay. and in the workplace as well. But um, we've also got some various solutions to make life easier. But first, let's hear from Susan, our Arnold <coughs> Clark member of staff, who's very kindly volunteered to tell us about her personal experience. Susan, you started to experience menopausal symptoms back in 2015 when you were 40, uh, when you were 47, didn't you? That's when you first yes, realised. Yes, I did. Yes, I went to see the GP uh, when I started to have bouts of feeling hot. The hot spells were mainly from my neck up and it, it caused like a burning se sensation to my face which lasted a few minutes then subside, subsided to be repeated again. It, it was a daily occurrence. I was hot in the night and often woke up drenched in sweat and the bed sheets were, were soaking. Um, I, was, I went to the GP and I was given a little card um, and it, it just said menopause matters. The GP was very matter of fact and said, uh, oh you're going through the menopause, uh, read that. Um, she said I was, I'd possibly benefit from some HRT, um, which I did try. So for seven months I took a tablet called Tibolone, which substitutes the loss of oestrogen and it helped, helps prevent bone loss. Um, there was no other help really and it was just a case of get on with it. Symptoms kind of subsided with, with taking the HRT and there was no major issues, so life kind of like continued. Um, time went on, I felt okay, so I, I came off the HRT, I'm not one for taking tablets or I forget to take them and I just think it's not doing anything, so what's the point? Um, HRT can have its own health scares, which back, back in 2015, it's, it's not as much now, there's more benefits with it. Um, so I went back to the GP, had some blood tests to see where my hormone levels were up to. My GP was astounded to see I'd come out of the other end of the menopause. So was a post-menopause? I don't know because it's, so, it's such a, a vast scale. Symptoms were minimal, minimal, so I stayed off the HRT. Fast forward to 2019 and I started to have some issues. I had, had no periods for five years, so happy days until one day I did. 
Panic stations, the GP was called and I was fast-tracked on a cancer screening path to see why I was bleeding after all this time. I went private via a wonderful private healthcare scheme through work and was advised to have a full hysterectomy. They could not see properly what was going on until they took everything away. I was in hospital for two nights and off work for a couple of months recovering. The gynaecologist said I would be up and about after three weeks. <laughs> they got that wrong, didn't they? <laughs> and he made me drive to my appointment three weeks after the op. And I did. I could hardly put one foot in front of the other because the pain was so bad. Um, they'd removed my ovaries, my womb, my fallopian tubes and my uterus. Nothing sinister was found, thankfully, which was obviously great news. On the downside, or was it the plus side, I was now advised to go back onto HRT. Oestrogen only. It does also have many benefits that out outweigh the nasty parts of HRT. It helps with bone health, the heart, it helps your skin to heal from bruises and injury. So I was sort of back on full-blown menopause, even though I think I thought I'd finish mm. with it. Um, I was advised to stay on HRT for many years, um, which is now three years actually <coughs> this month. So where am I now? Sleepless nights, I tend to wake up most nights, normally 3.30 a.m., exactly on the dot, so you could set your watch by it. Um, I've started to use lavender pillow sprays now, which are really good and really helpful. Um, and sometimes I do take herbal sleep tablets, as they sometimes um, do, do help me. Forgetfulness, this is really um, a bad part. It's, you know, it's really dreadful, I have to write everything down. Um, for example, only yesterday I had a conversation with Margaret Spears, who's our operations director, about electric vehicles. I can't remember the life of me, what our answer was or our response <laughs> was. And it, it may come back to me, or I may have to call her again uh, to discuss further what we'd said. Um, one day last week, um, I put a tea bag in a pan instead of the cup to make myself a cup of tea. <laughs> It just goes on and on. My son asked me to boil some eggs, he's 28, um, <laughs> so he could take them to work. I forgot. Mum, where's the eggs? Oh yeah, forgot about that. Because you know you're going to do it, but then you don't actually carry out what you was going to do. So you live for the majority of the time in a little cloud of fog. Sometimes it's funny, other times it can be frustrating and really annoying. I get palpitations and I get the shakes, which just come from nowhere for things that you used to be really confident about. Confident about. Now you're not. Um, you may be going to a meeting and you, you drive that route every day, but sometimes you just think, oh God, and you get a little bit jittery uh -huh. and nervous about doing that journey. It's all very strange. The easiest of tasks become the hardest of tasks. I've become clumsy. I break things. I forget what I've gone to the shop for. I forget what I'm going to say. Um, I lose things all the time and find them in the most random of places. Sometimes I fall off my perch days um, and then I bounce back up and you have days where it's fantastic and you're really good and the next day you're, you're really, you're really um, low. Um, my family think I've lost the plot and that I'm completely bonkers. Um, I, go to, I, I go to yoga and Pilates three times a week and I do run. Um, it's great to do these um, outside activities with my friends. Many of my friends are going through this phase of our lives. We share funny stories, sad stories, and we can sometimes laugh about it. As we know, it won't last forever, it's just for now. Yeah, well, Kirsty will agree with you when we talk about uh, things you can do later on. I think she, she was nodding in agreement with the fact that you are doing so much exercise. We've, we've heard about all the various symptoms and Susan's 
shared her stories, some of the side effects. And when you combine that with working, Emma, it's really, really tough, isn't it? You, you're the inclusion and wellbeing manager at Bernice Paul, the first accredited menopause-friendly employer in Scotland. Yeah. First of all, what does that mean to be uh, menopause-friendly as an employer? Um, well, I guess officially it means that um, an independent panel have assessed us on various aspects from our policies to our culture, um, and they've quite rightly decided that we have the structures in place to support women going through the menopause at work. Um, and I think really listening to both Kirsty and Susan, it's just so obvious why employers have to take this issue seriously. Um, this menopause is something that's affecting women. As you, you said at, at the start there, um, menopausal women are you know, the biggest growing demographic at work. They're experiencing symptoms of perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause for the majority of their careers often. You know, women are working to an older age um, and it's something that employers have to take seriously like they would any other health condition. Um, and for us, that means really normalising the conversation around menopause. There is such a stigma, um, it's very much a taboo subject, people don't feel comfortable talking about it. But if we normalise the conversation around it, women can access the support they need, they can um, talk to their managers about it, they can manage their symptoms at work, and just the smallest of adjustments can make a massive difference to women being able to do their jobs to the best of their abilities and to reach their full potential at work. Well that's important isn't it as a manager you want to retain really good members of staff and also with the focus on the gender pay gap if you lose these highly skilled uh, yeah. employees then you're in trouble. Yeah absolutely and we want to nurture all the talent in our organisation and you know women experiencing these symptoms are a huge portion of of our talent um, and I think menopause is something that has potential to have a huge impact on gender equality at work um, and it's important that employers take it seriously or you really are at risk of, of losing some of your star performers um, and as I say it can just be small adjustments that, that make a big difference but if you're listening to the range of symptoms um, that Susan and Kirsty have talked about it's it's easy to see how those can be misconstrued as performance issues um, you know it can lead to absence issues but actually, if you have a, a workplace that has a culture that's understanding of menopause, where there's awareness of menopause and where people feel comfortable talking about it, that, that won't be the case. We've actually had um, a question um, sent in. Um, the first one is, what can managers do to be sensitive towards employees who are going through it? I mean, well, I think there's a few things. I mean, essentially, learn about it, understand what some of these symptoms can be and how they might manifest in the workplace. Um, treat it like any other health condition. Um, if you're approached by an employee to talk about their mental health, to talk about their physical health, think about how you would have that conversation. Be sensitive, treat it confidentially, um, know where to signpost your employees, so what resources are available within the organisation. Um, but mostly be understanding and, and listen. Um, you also, um, something that we've talked about prior to this, about um, different cultural perspectives. You, you've got to, it's a very fine line you've got to tread, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's it. I mean, this is all about normalising the conversation, but I think you do have to be aware that there are some people who won't 
ever feel that comfortable talking about menopause. You know, it's a very personal thing. It's personal to your body. Um, and, you know, some people will never feel comfortable talking about it generally within a, a, you know, a group of friends and certainly not within their workplace or to their managers. Um, and that, you know, applies to other cultures as well, where it's very much more a taboo subject than, than it might be in, say, Western cultures. Um, and I think as an employer, a responsible employer, it's about being able to give women access to information that can help them. Um, not necessarily forcing it upon them, but just making sure that people know where they can access appropriate support, um, whether that's internal support, external support. Um, we've done quite a lot of work at Burness Paul around um, just helping women to understand things like the, um, you mentioned about the GP and how you sort of had very little support from your GP, Susan, yeah. but you know, things like how to talk to your GP about menopause. Um, symptom trackers, these types of things that just give women a bit more of a toolkit mm -hmm. um, and that don't necessarily involve you, you know, a conversation with a manager or anyone, but you can have that information to, to help yourself. I think we need to give a special mention to your manager, Susan, don't we? We met him <laughs> earlier. We did. Uh, have you found that you can sympathise with some of the things Emma's saying? Because you haven't specifically ever mentioned menopause to him, but he has been. Uh, that doesn't mean that he's not a sensitive boss. No, no, not at all. He's, very, he's a very supportive boss. I've never said, oh God, I'm going through menopause symptoms today. I, I, I might say, oh God, I'm tired <laughs> yeah. today. I didn't sleep great last night. And, and he is a very understanding manager. Um, and I think once you listen to this podcast, you might understand um, a little bit more, uh, you know, about it. And there's lots of um, my friends and, and work colleagues that are my age and similar. So they will be going through it. So it might just help him understand more of the symptoms and that we're just not all mad. <laughs> Kirsty, I know you've been brought in um, by, by some organisations. You've done work with Barclays. Yeah. What sort of, of work have, have they asked you to do with staff? really really around how we can approach a woman's health and well-being from a holistic point of view um, they do have specialist doctors on speaking specifically about HRT so although I know a lot about that I would definitely suggest that people seek medical advice I do help women uh, become more informed and again how to approach their GP like Emma providing resources and tools that women can go in with but even women who HRT is suitable for still have to look after the rest of their health and well-being. Mm. So nutrition and exercise, sleep management, stress management, gut health. And it's, it is a balance getting everything just right. Um, lots of women approach me because the changes in the physical appearance of their body at this age because that happens to the best of us. However, when they start working with me, they realise actually managing their stress, managing their sleep and how they feel becomes so much more of a priority. You were saying that diet is important as well because when you get to sort of 40 onwards your body reacts differently to sugars. Can you explain that? Because yeah. I'm saying we all, I, I'm talking from my own personal <laughs> perspective, you, you tend to carry more weight yeah. on your waist, don't you? Yeah. I'll, qu I'll quickly explain why that happens. So basically when the body is depleted of oestrogen, it starts to compensate. So fat cells make oestrogen. It's a very weak form of oestrogen, but they say, right, okay, we're losing oestrogen. I'm going to lay down some more fat around your middle to produce more oestrogen, but actually it's not enough to do the job. Mm -hmm. So 
we're actually getting fat around the middle, but our symptoms don't improve. So, uh, you know, it's an amazing time of women's <laughs> lives. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've, we've also, um, we've had another question through. Um, Emma, I think um, you could probably feel this one. We've had an email from somebody who was worried that they wouldn't be taken seriously. How do you make it into a positive conversation? Uh, I suppose at the same time, you, you, you do worry about the fear of being written off by your organisation, don't you? Yeah, and I think that's where it's important for there to be support for this agenda from the top. Um, I think you need senior leadership who acknowledge menopause um, within the workplace. I think you need, I mean, I think you need to be a good manager. If, you, if you're a good manager, um, you won't be writing off anyone. You know, you'll be listening, you'll be looking at what types of reasonable adjustments you can make, um, you'll be as I say, signposting people to the right support. I think as long as there's, you know, I, th I think managers need to have that lev level of education um, and take that ownership themselves to learn a bit more about the menopause. But you'd hope that, you know, this is something that we're talking about a lot more. Obviously, we're sitting here um, today talking about it, that women will become more confident in talking about this at work um, and become more confident that it's something they're not going through alone and I think that's why it's really important to have the discussion at work and have an opportunity or create mechanisms where women can talk about this and realise that there's other people in the workplace who are who are going through similar situations. And you've included men in the training as well haven't you, yeah. mixed groups? Yeah absolutely and that's because um, this is something that impacts everyone whether it's in your capacity as a manager, as a husband, as a partner, um, it's something that everybody needs to know about and I think um, We've had some really good feedback from uh, men within our organisation saying this has really resonated with me. I'm seeing it in you know, people in my team. I'm recognising the symptoms mm. at home. Let's look at some um, help and solutions then. Kirsty, um, we talked briefly about HRT, um, hormone replacement therapy. Can you explain, because I think um, reading so many of the stories in the press and it's great that all the celebrities have come out and started being so vocal about it because it has normalized the conversation people are talking about different prescriptions for HRT and it sounds like a weird and mystical science how do you approach talking about HRT with your doctor I think it's having the information and the education before you go uh, my experience of with the clients I work with is there's, they're chapping a lot of closed doors, that's how it feels. They're going and they're maybe saying that they're really, things are irritating, didn't used to, they feel really low and they are getting a, a lot of pushback like, but are your periods still regular? Are you having hot flushes? Women can have regular periods right through the entire perimenopause. So it can be happening to them for years and their periods are still regular. So, but if the woman herself doesn't know that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the balance app is the app that Dr. Louise Newson runs is a great app to have on your phone. It's a free app where you can every day, it's not an arduous task, you can just click on the symptoms applied to you. The mm -hmm. symptoms are all there already. And every single day they can vary because in the perimenopause, the estrogen levels are skyrocketing you can feel fabulous in the morning and really rubbish by the time the afternoon comes so it's important every single day so when you go to your gp you can say this is what i have been going through um, and the other thing that i would say is you know to make aware 
that you have done some research in HRT and again the Balance website is absolutely brilliant for that. Menopause Matters is one that I know a lot of the GPs will recommend so there's women that go very well armed but they're still actually said we'll go and read this website and it's like well I've actually did all my research mm. maybe even the coach I'm working with is highly versed in this and they're still getting sent away. Now it's frustrating but you're absolutely within your rights and your GP practice to say thank you, but is it possible for me to speak to a GP who has got more experience in dealing with the menopause? Um, HRT, women can also start in it and they feel as though it doesn't agree with them. However, it doesn't mean that's the end of the road. There are other options, so it's not a case of giving up because I have known it and the menopause doctors as well know it. It can change women's lives, but it's not for everyone. It's about women knowing the options that are available to them. Um, and I know that um, a lot of people will, perhaps if their GPs aren't well versed in um, HRT, will say, oh, you've got a history of cancer, female cancers in the family that we can't even talk about it. Whereas at the National Institute for Health and Care Excellent, NICE changed their guidelines in 2016 to make that much more all-encompassing examining the benefit, the benefits, uh, the pros and cons out, and that, that so things have changed there, haven't they? They have. I mean, I lost my mum to breast cancer when she was sixty-one, so I would be one of the people. And it was an estrogen-dependent breast cancer, which, if I was to take HRT, um, there's a lot of evidence originally. I'm saying evidence. The clinical trials that have mm. been done aren't substantiated. You know, they were they were done in women that were older than women that would generally start in HRT. There was a lot of people with previous cardiovascular disease and obesity. And the truth is actually, when you look at the statistics, there's more risk of developing breast cancer through carrying about too much body fat mm -hmm. or from smoking or from lack of exercising. So it's about keeping it in perspective. But for women that have been through cancer themselves and for women who have it in the family, that's really between them and, again, a menopause and the breast cancer team to come up with some sort of solution. But the other thing that I would say is there are other medical interventions available for women that aren't HRT as well. So there is um, pharmaceuticals that can treat hot flushes, mm -hmm. you know. Well, in fact, you say that we've had um, somebody saying here in an email, um, have you got any hot flush remedies when not on HRT? Someone else talked about the knock-on effect of hot flushes as well, so being unable to sleep, then being tired and on a short fuse the next day, very difficult. A bit of understanding from a people around them is needed here. So uh, what what remedies? I know there's red clover, which is a herbal um, thing. You can, you, you're rolling your eyes. It's scientist and me is coming out. But yeah, I know. should say you do have a pharmacology background. <laughs> yeah. So so, um, so what other um, remedies? Obviously, we're, we are putting a big caveat here about speaking to GPs and health professionals, but what other remedies are there when you're not on wanting to take HRT? Well, I think one of the things we need to speak about is what exas can exacerbate hot flushes. So alcohol and caffeine are two things. And I mean, it's like... I'm a lot of people booing you at this point. <laughs> Listen, I, I stopped drinking coffee at this time in the day because it affects my sleep. But, you know, I do enjoy my wine. I'm not experiencing, although I have lots of symptoms of perimenopause, I've not experienced hot flushes as yet, but my mum did go through it, so I'm waiting mm -hmm. for it to, there is a lot of genetic trends here, so, but alcohol and caffeine can make it worse. 
strength training has been shown to reduce hot flushes by up to 40%. Now, whilst we're on strength yeah. training, you actually scared me when we were doing the <laughs> preliminary interview <laughs> by saying it's um, dangerous for women to ignore um, doing weights. Yeah. Yeah, I do say it's a bit of a non-negotiable and I don't mean to scaremonger when I say it. But I actually get into weight training originally because osteoporosis, um, osteoarthritis actually ran in my family and it's totally different. But one in two women over 50 get osteoporosis. Mm -hmm. It's huge. Mm -hmm. Although there are American statistics, more women die of complications from a hip break and surgery than die from the female cancers, right? This is serious stuff. And mm -hmm. osteoporosis is still looked like as a poor old woman with a walking mm -hmm. stick or Zimmer disease, and it's not true. If you fall on the ice, I mean, I'm frightened coming in from the car park and the mm -hmm. ice, because if you fall and break a wrist, you know, that wouldn't have maybe happened 20 years mm -hmm. ago. So over 50, you are given a bone scan now to check the, the, how your bones look. However, most women don't realise these changes are happening until they have a break or a fracture. Strength training increases and maintains your bone density, which starts to drop again from your 30s. But women lose a huge percentage of their bone density the five to seven years after menopause. So strength training coupled with the right calcium intake and your vitamin D supplementation for me are just an absolute non-negotiable. And if you're doing, it can sound scary. This isn't about getting into a gym tomorrow and lifting heavy weights. If you do no exercise, start a walk. Well, mm. do you know, um, I was reminded before we, we did this podcast that there is group activities at work, like the kilt walk. I know Arnold Clark are doing the, the kilt walk. Susan, yes. you are very good with doing your exercise as well. What sort of things do I am, do? yes, I, do. I have been a member of the gym for many years and it's a so, very sociable thing for me, lots of friends and I, I do yoga three times a week and I run two to three times a week as well um, and I'm doing lots of challenges at the moment, running, we're doing 10Ks, one a month and um, it, it really does help because I, I run outside, I don't have my phones with me and it's just my time, you're out in the fresh air with friends, same age as me, some younger, some older and it, it just really does help with, with your, your mental health. It re really does. And the, the yoga, we do meditation in there. And it just completely, once you've been, you, you just feel so much better. Sometimes I'll finish work and I think, oh, God, I don't want to go today. And I make myself, I point the car at the gym and I go. And as soon as I've been, I just feel fantastic then driving yeah. home. Whereas if I went home and didn't go to the gym, I'd be like, mm. why did you not go? Mm. And then I'll, I'll beat myself up a little bit because I knew that I'd have felt better by going. It's yeah. tough though, isn't it, when you've got younger children, Emma? We were talking about ages of kids yeah. and uh, you've, you've got the youngest kids, kids here yeah. and trying to, mind you, you're running around after them all the time, <laughs> but it is, it is difficult trying to, to do everything that you know is good for you. I think that's right and I think that's another place where workplaces can help where there's opportunities for you know it's great to have a, a menopause program but I think where you've got an employer that cares about well-being um, that cares about mental health these are all things that help women going through the menopause um, but yeah it is and I think that flexibility where you've got flexibility in your working day um, where you've got a good manager a kind manager um, you know as much as it sounds but really a lot of this comes down to how how you support your team and how um, 
how good you are at having conversations with people. Um, and I think that's where, that's what makes the difference. But, you know, places like Arnold Clark that do have a general, you know, focus on employee well-being, mm -hmm. care about their staff, want their staff to develop, you know, that's what's going to help women going through the menopause as well as having that education piece. Um, but yeah, it's hard when you've got young kids and a job and um, we've got a huge checklist of things we need to be doing to look after ourselves. But part of this is, you know, it's our own responsibility to, to find the time and educate ourselves and, and look after our own bodies and minds, really. And am I right in thinking that other companies can come to Vanessa Paul as well to, to seek advice? So because you're the first uh, menopause-friendly accredited employer in Scotland, other companies can come to you to, to seek what they should be doing? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we work with some great external partners on, on menopause. So Henpicked is one of the organisations that, that we've worked with and who kind of helped us get through the accreditation process. I'm always happy to speak to other employers about you know what we've put in place. We've got a fantastic employment team. Obviously, we're a, a law firm and they can help on um, things around the sort of policy side on it. But I think this is one of those things where, you know, it's the greater good. It's about um, spreading the word, moving the agenda forward. And as we say, just breaking down that stigma and normalising the conversation. So certainly, I think you find there's a huge interest from employers in, in menopause now. There's just that light bulb moment where people are recognising this is something that's really impacting my business, something that's really impacting our people. Um, and yeah, why wouldn't you do something about it? Why wouldn't you support women? Well, coming to the end of our time, but Susan, briefly, what would you say has been the, the thing that's helped you most getting, getting through um, and alleviating your symptoms? Definitely speak to the GP. Um, chat to your friends, you know, have a, have a person that, that you can just go to that understands you. And exercise, definitely exercise, really does help me. And, and, and diet as well. And try and cut down, like you say, on the caffeine and, and, and the alcohol. In moderation, you can still drink it. You know, just not, not a glass of wine every night. Maybe, <laughs> maybe just at weekends. Well, you're a very good advert for everything you're saying. Yeah, Kirsty. Kirsty, what would you say? I would say that it can seem overwhelming for women, menopause or not. If you've been through a life where you maybe haven't looked after your health and it hasn't been a priority, then it can seem all too much. So actually starting just one thing at a time, whether it's going meeting a friend for a walk or actually whether it's just getting some vegetables on your plate. <laughs> <laughs> right, because everyone can keep a frozen bag of vegetables, right? It's not about giving your body less at this time, it's about giving it more of what of the it right needs. Stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you so much to all of you for joining us today, Susan, Emma and Kirsty. And just a reminder, the Arnold Clark support is available to you. Visit space for resources relating to your physical, mental and financial health. And you'll also find some personal experiences about the menopause on there too, not just Susan's story. Remember, we also have our health and wellbeing partner, Lucy. She's on hand to offer you free online fitness classes and support through the Teams channel. There's also a toolkit for managing on the menopause and that's going to be launching this spring and we will highlight awareness days through the year so please look out for all of this the people team are always available to discuss any of the issues discussed today both for managers and employees we've learned that it's important that everybody educates themselves on the menopause and what to expect and Arnold Clark is really committed to supporting its employees through this stage in their lives and to raising awareness of this subject Thank you all for listening and until next time, goodbye.